Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this is also our sermon text for today in John 14, beginning with verse 15. Um, If you would like to maybe use your Bibles a little bit today, I'm going to have some other readings uh, that we'll do. And if you want to go ahead and look a couple of these up at the beginning here so we don't fumble around, uh, the first... uh, Passages in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, I'm going to begin around verse 6, but maybe I might read that whole passage. That's Exodus 20. And if you want to put your finger in that, the next uh, passage would be Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. So we're going to read those. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So I and we might immediately ask, well, what commandments uh, exactly are you talking about? Uh, There's a lot of teaching in the Old Testament and the New. So Christ, what exactly are you saying? I've been impressed over the last uh, number of years of the relationship between the New Testament and the Old. Uh, As we read the New Testament, as I read it, it is impressive. I think, about how many times our Lord quotes the Old Testament. And and a lot of his teaching is really a paraphrase of Old Testament passages too. And then we get into the epistles and other New Testament work and we see that the apostles are just quoting the Old Testament all the time to illustrate their points. So there is a close and uh, warm relationship. We have one Bible that's composed of the Old Testament and the New. So what commandments? Let's look at Exodus chapter 20 then and look at verse, around verse 6. Exodus 20. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to begin with verse 4. This is from the Ten Commandments. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, 
but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Notice the last line. I show mercy to those who love me and keep my commandments. So Christ simply quotes this line in the New Testament. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So look what Christ is doing. He's identifying himself with the Yahweh of the Old Testament. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, says Yahweh. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, says Christ. He's saying, I am Yahweh, if we can understand it and believe it. Amazing. Uh, so, evidently, the, the commandments are listed out here. If this is what Christ is saying, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So let's read a little more, beginning at Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that in your days, your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Well, we have ten. So Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Maybe this is what Christ is saying. If we walk in these commandments, maybe that's what he wants us to do. However... That may be a little bit too difficult for me to remember all the time, so our Lord has made it easy on us, namely, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 28. So let's make it a little bit easier on ourselves. Mark, chapter 12, beginning with 28. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In another passage, Jesus says, The whole law is based on these two right here. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. So it's hard for you, if it's hard for me, to remember all these commandments. 
Well, let's remember too then. That's all, all we really need to walk in. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, your neighbor as yourself. However, when Christ says this in the Gospel of Mark, he also is quoting again from the Old Testament. And you don't have to look this up. I'm simply going to read it. This is Deuteronomy 6, 4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. He's quoting from the Old Testament. Leviticus 19, 17, and 18. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Christ simply quotes from the Old Testament again, brings it back to us, and says, okay, here's two. That's all right there, too. The whole law is based on that. So now, if we love Christ, we will keep his commandments. Uh, but these two commandments point back to things we instinctively know. In other words, you don't really have to be a Christian or even a Bible reader to know these things. I mean, people... Pagans in Jackson, Tennessee or New York or wherever they are out would think instinctively know that God needs to be honored and we know that things are wrong. I mean, a person simply knows that lying is wrong. They know that. Stealing is wrong. Committing adultery is wrong. We don't have to be a theologian to know these things. We all know these things. So the law is not far away that we have to go up into heaven and bring it down. I mean, it's, it's on our mouth and in our mind. We know it. All right. The Jews, however, failed in this, what shall we say, attempt to keep the law. The Jews fell into legalism. Uh, so let me give you an example of legalism and how we could fall into it. Uh, today is Mother's Day. <clears throat> now, the fifth commandment, the fifth commandment, it says, honor your father and mother, that your days might be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well and good. So then, how shall we keep this commandment? Let me give an example from Katie and me. <clears throat> both, both of our mothers are in glory now. They, they're not with us anymore. They've passed away. So how shall we honor our mothers today? I, I, I don't know, really. But let's say that the authorities the elders of the church or the bishop or the pope or the stewards or the pastor or the deacons or whoever the authorities are. They come up with some nifty ways that we can fulfill this commandment. So the nifty ways, let's say, that the bishops put on Katie and I to fulfill this commandment to our mothers who have gone on to be with Christ is that we must go to the grave sites of our mothers today. We must buy a dozen red roses and put on each grave we must recite the 23rd Psalm and then pray. And that's how we honor our mothers. Well, I, I, this, in fact, might be pretty good, actually. But uh, it's, a lot, it's, a, it's an addition. This is Pharisaism. The, 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 the heart of Pharisaism is that we're adding the bishop's teaching to what the Bible says. Not only his teaching, we're adding the bishop's rules to what the Bible said. That's Pharisaism. And the Jews were just eaten up with this. I mean, it was not enough to know the law. Then you have all of these. Well, how do we keep it? Well, 
this, 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 and this. And it becomes a tremendous burden. So as we know from the history of the Old Testament, it's a burden that we really can't bear. The Jews couldn't bear it, and neither can, can we. But now, one more teaching. Well, a couple of more teachings. Uh, if you want to look at these verses, uh, the little book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, we're going to read. And then John, chapter 13, verse 34. Uh, well, yeah, let's look at 1 John, chapter 2. Toward the back, right before Revelation in there, right close in there. 1 John, chapter 2, verse... Seven. the Apostle John then writes us Behold I am writing you no new commandment but an old commandment that you had from the beginning the old commandment is the word that you have heard at the same time it is a new commandment that I am writing to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining so there's an old commandment and a new commandment. Let's see what the new commandment is. And I'll read it. You don't have to look it up. John chapter 13, verse 34. Christ says, a new commandment I give you. Ah, oh, let's listen. The new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. The new commandment then is that we love each other as Christ has loved us. It seems to me that the old commandment is that we love our neighbor as ourselves. I'm, I'm working on the old commandment still. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with that one. That we love our neighbors ourselves. But the new commandment is that I must love, I must love you as Christ loved me. Well, I mean, give me some relief. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is hard. That's the new commandment. So, uh, what shall we do? Uh, What shall we do? John chapter 14, verse 16. Let's go back to John. Now we're going to talk about trying to walk in some of these things. John chapter 14, beginning at 16 now. The second verse in our passage for today. Christ says... And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another comforter, to be with you forever. Um, another helper, then, is promised to us, the disciples of Christ, to the disciples, to us, he's promised. We know from Isaiah the prophet that the Messiah will be a wonderful counselor, or a wonder of a counselor. The Holy Spirit, then, who resides in us, uh, gives us counsel about how we're to walk. Uh, how shall I deal with this person, Lord, that I don't really like? I mean, what? how shall I do it? Help me, Lord. And somehow the Holy Spirit gives us the right approach to various people. Um, the disciples uh, knew <clears throat> that their beloved Lord was a wonderful counselor, but the resurrected Jesus shortly was going to back into glory in his glorified body. So the disciples will find themselves now without their beloved Jesus. He's gone back to glory. They feel as if they will be orphans. But Jesus says no. He's going to send them another helper or another counselor. 
namely the spirit of truth, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The world, or the Babylonian system that we talk about so much, cannot receive the spirit of truth. But you and I can. So there's a difference between us and people of the world. Not necessarily a difference of hatred or anything like that. It's just, hey, you're walking in the truth, you know? And other people are not. So how does this come about for the disciples? And we'll talk about us. For the disciples, on the day of Pentecost, this small defeated band of followers of Christ uh, were cowering in the upper room and something wonderful happened. <laughs> tongues of fire appeared on their heads and they began to speak in other tongues. They were filled with joy. They were filled with the truth of Christ and they were filled with the spirit of evangelization. They wanted to preach. They wanted to uh, inform other people about the good news. Let's read a little more. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. Ah, good. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Because I live, you will live also. We have a new kind of life. A walk in the spirit of truth. The apostle said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. We have a real life. We have a new quality of life. Our new quality of life is a Christ life. It's different. It's different than what than the world can receive. It's a different kind of life. Faith in the Son of God gives our lives a real relationship with God. Verse 20. In that day, you will know that I am in the, my Father and you in me and I in you. So there's a godly reality now in our lives in that the Holy Spirit dwells with us, within us, and the Holy Spirit brings the reality of the risen Christ to us. Uh, little kids sometimes are confused, you know, when we say you need to invite Christ into your life and this is a good question they say well how could his body fit into my body they say that it's a good question well the body of Christ doesn't really come into your body it's the Holy Spirit that comes into your body he brings the things of Christ to you Christ is in his glorified body in heaven now so the reality of the Father the reality of Christ the reality of the Trinity is brought to us in the person of the Holy Spirit verse 21 Whoever has my commandments <clears throat> and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus manifests himself to us in a real way through the person of the Holy Spirit. But our main theme for today is if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Therefore, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we not only have, but we're enabled to walk in the commandments of Christ, which really are two. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
Let's concentrate on the two commandments then that Christ gave us as we just read in the Gospel of Mark. The first one is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How does this work out in daily practice? So now, uh, I can't claim that this is the whole or final word on this topic. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit. I think, <clears throat> I think Southern Baptists are bad <clears throat> about telling us a lot of good truth. But they don't really tell us how to practice it. I mean, you know, how, how do you do it? So this is going to be a little bit of a how-to session here. And we're going to look in the book of Romans, chapter 8, beginning at verse 1. If you like this, you can use it. Eight one, and this will be our last scripture reading for the day. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So we know this. We know that we have forgiveness through Christ and our sins have been put away. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So now, in order to walk in this teaching of Christ, we must be walking in the Holy Spirit and not in the flesh. This is the big, the big difference here. So let's go on and talk about this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Here we can identify ourselves and we can identify others. Well, where's your mind? <laughs> is it on the things of the flesh or is it on the things of the Spirit? Well, that, that's it. To set the mind on the flesh, guess what? It's death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So now, the Scripture is teaching us in terms of these commandments of Christ that we want to walk in the flesh cannot do it and by the flesh we're really talking about a spiritual principle basically we're talking about I think the sin nature that we inherited from our father Adam that we still have I'm sorry to say but uh, it can't do it I mean you know we're not because our tendency our mental and emotional tendency is to walk away from God not to walk toward him all right. So by the power of the Holy Spirit then, we need to be walking toward God and with God. Verse 8 says, those who then are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, you however are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Now because of our faith in Christ, because we do believe in Christ, we have also received the Holy Spirit, says the Apostle. But if Christ is in you, which he is, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, which he does, 
He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who indwells you. Let me read a little more. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So that's where I want to concentrate. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So the only way I can love my neighbor is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. We could come up with various examples. I, uh, I have problems with saying the wrong thing. Uh, uh, I have less of a problem now than I used to. I, I used to enjoy offending people and stuff like that. That, that, was, not, that was not a good situation. That's not a good situation. So, Lord, I have a meeting with a person today. I, I don't particularly like this person. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to run my mouth in a way that's not going to be right. Okay, what am I going to do about this? Holy Spirit, would you help me? to control my mouth and say the right words. If you'll, if you'll ask the Holy Spirit, He will. He will. And you'll have a meeting with this, this person that was unbelievable in terms of what you normally think. Uh, uh, anything. It could be anything. Uh, Lord, I have a problem with gossip. I know I'm going to meet this guy today and this is going to be a bad situation. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you help me to control my tongue? And he will. And on and on it goes. Whatever your favorite sin is, Lord, you know, I've got a problem here. Holy Spirit, would you help me to overcome this? And he will. So, uh, it seems now that the only way we can please Christ and obey Christ is walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Well, and Katie reminded me, uh, it seems that a good way is to confess our sins. Well, Lord, you know this is, I'm sorry, forgive me, please. And would you help me in this issue today? I've got a real problem. Would you help me to overcome? And in that way, if we'll make conscience of this, I think we can walk in a way that pleases Christ. The problem that I have is I forget what I used to know. You know, I used to know these things, but I have a tendency to forget. So I'm reminding myself and I'm reminding you. So may the Lord bless these words to your hearing today.